This episode of the Astro Powder Podcast is brought to you by Gama. Gama Powder Coating Systems provide the very best in powder delivery, application technology, and connectivity for smarter factory automation. With Gama, you get maximum performance and repeatability whether you are on the shop floor or away from it. For a demonstration, call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877-437-6771. And be sure to mention, Ask Joe sent me. When you want to know that everything is covered, complete it with Gamma. Hello all you powder coating fans and welcome to the second edition of Ask Joe Powder Podcast. Thanks for taking the time to join us. I'm your host, Joe Powder, a.k.a. Kevin Biller, and with me is my esteemed colleague and sidekick, Nathan. He's our powder coating formulator dude. Hi. We're broadcasting from the PCR Group Studios in Columbus, Ohio. As we get rolling, I want to remind you what this podcast is about and kind of how we got this whole Ask Joe Powder thing started. The genesis of Joe Powder goes back about 16 years to a quarterly newsletter for a small powder coating manufacturer where I worked. Since then, the column has been regularly published in a number of formats, both at home and abroad, including print and online versions. And the purpose of the Astro Powder podcast is to bring news and technical know-how to the global powder coating community. And before we get rolling, you wanted to give a shout-out to an old friend? Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Nate. Uh, just a shout-out to an old friend and a, a stalwart in the industry, a guy named Fred Cummings. He's had a storied career in both powder formulating and also the resin side of the business. And the reason for this shout-out is... The last email he sent me had the subject line of Old resins never die, they just go with the flow. So thanks for bringing us a smile, Fred. Okay, there's a lot of breaking news in the powder coating world. And this one's from the European Coatings Journal. Axo Nobel acquires full ownership of Powder Coatings joint venture in Turkey by purchasing the remaining 25% stake in Axo Nobel Boya Sinai Vetikoret AS, a powder coatings joint venture in Turkey. Following a successful partnership, the deal is supposed to help consolidate Axo Nobel's position in powder coatings in Turkey, one of Europe's largest powder coating markets. And here's some news from Coatings World magazine. Louise Cornicioni is Abra Fadi's new executive president. We'd like to wish a hearty bon dia to all our good friends in Brazil. Effective as of March 2020, Luiz is the executive president at the Brazilian Coatings Manufacturing Association, a.k.a. Abrafati. He succeeds Antonio Carlos de Oliveira, who held the office since 2017. And that's all the news for now. What gets you mad this time, Joe? Hey, thanks, Nate. Okay, what gets me mad? 
All right, there was a, a rather good article in Coding's World magazine this past month. It's entitled, An Eye Toward the Future of Auto OEM Codings. It's a great article. And uh, the, the people at Coding's World asked the prescient question, what are the latest trends and technologies driving the market for auto OEM coatings, and what technology is your R&D focusing on? They asked the movers and shakers at four key OEM paint manufacturers. Their prevailing theme in their answers was sustainability and reducing paint emissions. They said things like, we see a growing shift to sustainability and sustainable paint systems. And... Lower VOC formulations are a primary focus in our R&D. Another comment was, we're also working with governments around the world to meet new standards for lower VOCs. Furthermore, they said, the challenge is reducing emissions and cutting energy costs and resource consumption. Well, fans, this is all great stuff and legitimate goals, however... What gets me mad is that not one of these key decision makers in this highly important market for coatings technology uttered the P word. And that I mean powder coating. In their quest for lower VOC, reduce emissions, or to satisfy that pervasive buzzword sustainability. And this is in spite of the great strides that powder coating technology made in the 1990s. Indeed, Innovation, which culminated in the commercialization of a powder clear top coat for the 5 and 7 series BMWs. Well, powder coating fans, it looks as if our fair coating technology has been relegated to a fond but distant memory in the OEM automotive finishing world. Okay, well, enough of this negative nattering. All right, calm down, Joe. So, go ahead and take some questions. All right, our first question comes from Bonnie in Milwaukee. This is one from the archives. She said, hi, Joe. I met you at the at a coding show. And my question today is about stainless steel. I know, I know, you can't paint stainless. Well, you can, but will it last and for how long? First, I'll take you through our process. The decorative stainless is sandblasted, degreased, and put through a passivation process, ASTM A967-05, rinsed with city water, dried and powder-coated with an acrylic powder, cured at 375 degrees for 10 to 20 minutes. We have and would like to continue powder-coating certain applications of stainless for some outdoor use where other substrates would fail. We're aware of the risk of not being able to hold the bond between the two, and so far, the test panels do pass the scratch test. For question one, what other testing can we do that would give me an insight to the well-being in the field? I know there are all kinds of ASTM standard tests, but most either apply to the pretreatment process or the paint itself. The second question is, how long of a bonded life should be expected? We already know that our passivation process is good and that our coating measures up, but together, we just don't know. Thanks again. You're always a help. Okay, Bonnie from uh, Milwaukee, as is uh, the natives there 
They don't call it Milwaukee. They call it Milwaukee. Anyway, thank you for your kind words. It was a great pleasure meeting you as well. Uh, regarding your questions, first of all, you've obviously done your homework and have a good handle on how to process parts on a finishing line. I can tell you that many finishers run scared even to contemplate applying a coating to stainless steel. As far as I'm concerned, I see no reason not to powder coat stainless steel as long as you properly prepare the substrate before applying the powder coating. The process you had described for pre-treating the stainless is right on the money. Sandblasting followed by a thorough, well-controlled alkaline degreasing step provides a micro-rough profile to enhance adhesion of the powder. The degreasing step is essential to remove any residual oils, processed fluids, and handling contaminants. Furthermore, using a passivation process ensures the removal of any iron-based residues on the stainless surface, as well as the possible presence of sulfides, which could have been left there on certain grades of stainless steel. Trace amounts of either of these contaminants can act as sites for subsequent corrosion. What exactly does the passivation of stainless steel entail? That's a good question, Nate. Thanks. The passivation of stainless steel typically involves immersing the part in a nitric acid bath, although there's variations on this theme. Like, for instance, a, a nitric acid combination with sodium dichromate or even a, a citric acid type of solution can be used. You can find details of these in ASTM A380 and ASTM A967. Now, another thing I want to mention is after the dry off, uh, it's wise to powder coat the passivated surface as soon as possible. You see, chemically pretreated surfaces have a finite shelf life before they begin to degrade. It's also essential to ensure that the powder coating is applied at a reasonable thickness per specification of the powder coating supplier. Usually two and a half to three mils, which would be kind of 60 to 75 microns, are sufficient for an outdoor application. The other thing that's critical, Bonnie, is to ensure that you cure the powder coating chemistry thoroughly. When a powder coating supplier quotes a recommended bake, they're referring to the time at or above the stated temperature in which the part has reached. So it's important to factor in the heat up time needed to reach the bake temperature. So could you recommend some practical tests that we could run on some test panels that have been run through the entire process? Sure can, Nate. Here's a couple ideas. You can do a simple X cross-cut dry adhesion. You can do this by cutting, let's say, a, a 40 millimeter by 40 millimeter X using a utility or an X-Acto knife. After you make the cut in the coating, apply a strong tape, packaging tape like a Permacell number 99 or a 3M 250, and pull sharply. The coating should exhibit little or no loss of adhesion. You can also do a crosshatch test, which is described in ASTM. D3359. This entails a, a series of perpendicular cuts that create a, a grid. However, I find that a, 
simple X cut is usually sufficient to tell if the adhesion is acceptable. The other thing that you can do, and I, I would highly recommend this, is to do that X cut and then immerse your test panel or part into a hot water bath. We typically do this with a water temperature around 75 degrees centigrade, which is about 165 degrees Fahrenheit. We'll do it for 24 hours. Uh, we'll remove the test part and then recheck uh, the coating for adhesion with uh, the same type of tape. I would back up these tests with perhaps a 500-hour salt fog test if you have availability to that. That's covered by ASTM B117. Place scribe test parts or panels into the respective chamber and evaluate the uh, performance every 250 hours. Most powder coatings can endure up to about a thousand hours uh, without losing much adhesion or having much creepage of the scribe. However, I would say at a bare minimum, you want to use 500 hours exposure as your, your, your benchmark. Okay, so how does that actually translate to longevity of the coating in the field? Good question, and, and really so much of this depends on the environment in which it's exposed. The chemistry of the coating will have a huge effect, of course, on durability. But you mentioned that you're using an acrylic powder coating, and acrylic powder chemistry is known to be extremely durable in the field. If it's applied to a clean and passivated stainless steel, I would expect the coating hold up to five to ten years in a reasonable environment. So thanks for your question and best regards, your friend Joe. Powder coating fans, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsor. Gamas Optiflex Pro Manual Gun uses power boost technology, which gives you the industry's highest charging power at 110,000 volts and 110 microamps, allowing for faster and more efficient powder coating. We're handing you more power, more quality, and more control. For a demonstration, call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877-437-6771. And be sure to mention, Ask Joe sent me. All right, and our next question comes from Pong Bodin in Thailand. He says, Dear Joe, one of my customers in Thailand is facing an unknown problem when they use polyester powder coating. The coated pieces are aluminum profiles and their application is vertically oriented. An unknown compound similar to snow is found inside the baking oven as the cause of defects on the coated surface. It seems to happen from my powder under standard conditions. Can you advise from your experience what it is and how this happens? Thanks in advance. Okay. I'm Bowden. Nice to hear from you uh, from Thailand. Tell you what, I've seen this problem before, and it can be summed up in one word. In nearly all powder coating formulas, a degassing agent is used to assist in the film formation of the coating as it's melting in the oven. Degassing is needed because as particles coalesce, Air pockets form in between the particles. We call this interstitial air. Incorporating benzoin allows the bubbles to escape during this melt phase. Okay, sounds great so far. 
Part of the mechanism of degassing involves the volatilization of benzoin as its melting point is about 132 degrees Celsius. Not only does it melt there, but soon thereafter, uh, it has a tendency to sublime. And how do we know this? I've taken samples of snowflake-like residue found in powder cure ovens, and I've had our analytical lab characterize it. What they found was the majority of this residue is benzoin. So how do you stop or minimize this problem? My experience with finding high concentrations of benzoin in the cure oven usually indicated a very, what we call it, tight oven. By that I mean an oven that has very little exhaust. This is a common issue as some oven designers think that since powder coatings are promoted as having no VOCs, which they don't, that they don't have any volatiles, and this is just not the case. VOCs refer to regulated organic compounds that have a harmful effect on the atmosphere. Powder coatings have volatiles, but they're not harmful to the atmosphere. Hence, the solution to your problem is to Number one, first, thoroughly clean and vacuum your oven. And number two, provide a little more exhaust to your oven. This should eliminate your problem. Oh, and one other thing, I'd collect some of that residue and I'd have it analyzed uh, by a good laboratory uh, using infrared spectroscopy. The absorption bands on benzoin are unmistakable. So best regards, Joe Powder. Before we wrap up, let's fill you in on some upcoming events. All right, we have uh, actually a couple of corrections slash updates from last time. In the last episode, we mentioned that the American Coding Show had been rescheduled to August 10th to 12th in Indianapolis. They actually clarified that with us. Those are the most likely potential new dates, uh, but they're still tentative and the circumstances remain fluid and challenging. So we'll let you know when we find out more about that. Uh, the Middle East coding show in Dubai actually has new dates now, and that's September 7th through 9th at the Dubai International Convention and Exhibition Center. Codings for Africa 2020 has been postponed, now scheduled for the 6th through 8th of May in Johannesburg. Paint Expo, rescheduled for October 12th to 15th in Karlsruhe. And the Powder and Bulk Solids Conference and Exhibition has been postponed to October 6th through 8th in Rosemont, Illinois. And the Paint and Coatings in Barcelona is now scheduled for the 17th through 18th of September. Thanks, Nate. Powder Coating fans, join us for our next podcast when our topics will be... When black is not plaque, and also we'll cover that pesky problem of Faraday cages. In the meantime, you can check out our website. It's askjoepowder.com. You can send in your questions either through our form on there or the email address askjoepowder at yahoo.com. We also have a phone number set up if you're, you know, want us to play your question on the air. You can leave a voicemail at country code one four seven eight two ask Joe, which is one four seven eight two two seven five five six three. 
This has been a production of Powder Coating Research Group. Original music, sound design, editing by Nick Page. Rock and roll ain't noise pollution. Keep your powder dry. Four seven eight two ask Joe, which is four seven eight two two seven five five six. I think it's five six two two five six. We'll issue a correction for that in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get that. This episode of the Astro Powder Podcast was brought to you by GAMA. Whether you're the shop manager, system engineer, or powder coder, once you decide to make GAMA an integral part of your shop, you'll understand how simple it is to be so productive. For a demonstration, call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877-437-6771. And be sure to mention, Ask Joe sent me. When you want to know that everything is covered, complete it with GAMA.